my guest today experienced some tragedy growing up and he got caught up with the wrong crowd. He went to prison, found out about Bitcoin and his life changed. Now he's been out. He wrote a book called From Bars to Bitcoin and is being featured all over the finance world. Today we do a background check on Justin Redrick, a.k.a. Bitcoin Vegan. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum. And this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J. Dan Gum, and we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. Also, by uh, Clarity Roofing and Solar. Visit them today at clarityroofingandsolar.com. Going to make this quick and short again because May, as you know, we're trying to move into our new transitional house and there's a lot of bumps in the road. We need a lot of extra money. Uh, so, you know, if you're able and you want to donate, go to forgivenfelons.org and help us get into our new transitional house. Lots of additional costs, having to register and license with the city, uh, some new things they're having to make us do. So if you, this is the no time, no better time like now than to come alongside of us as partners. So um, anyway, visit us, forgivenfells.org, and you see the documentary, you can listen to the podcast and learn more about what we do at forgivenfells.org. All right, uh, just one shout out today, Mark Johnston, thank you. And uh, appreciate you writing in and uh, everything you're doing, man. Appreciate all your kind words. And uh, yeah, thanks. All right, here we go. Let's see. Uh, today's guest, Justin Redrick. He he goes by Bitcoin Vegan because he's into Bitcoin and he is a vegan. He We talk about that a little bit. He's got uh, a documentary out there that talks about his journey and has his mom on it. Really good uh, really good time with the mom there. And let's see, he's got a book called From Bars to Bitcoin. He's been featured on so many things. I can't even, Boston Globe, Yahoo Finance, the Pomp Podcast. If you follow Pomp, um, he, he, he's an expert on Bitcoin, uh, Fox News, Soul, uh, all kinds of, you know, black wealth, businessmen podcasts and all this stuff. He's, he's an incredible dude. And I just enjoyed getting to know him. And uh, if you're offended by profanity, then you may want to uh, not listen. But uh, he's got a great story. You'll miss a good story if you do. And uh, so here's here's my interview with Justin. And at the end, he gives a really good offer. Uh, so listen to the end. And if you want to get into Bitcoin, he has some. He has a course. He has some great stuff that you can do. And, and all you got to do is do what he says at the end, and let him know you heard it on Background Check podcast. So um, enjoy the interview. Justin Redrick, welcome to Background Check Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Okay, now, now, um, now, in the re pre-recorded intro, I always, you know, list list your accomplishments and and what you got going on. But just right now, introduce yourself to our listeners, which is a lot outside of prison. But man, we got a lot inside mm -hmm. prisons and jails all across the nation. So. Introduce yourself, right. tell them who you are right now, and then we'll get into the background check and, and dig into who you used to be. Uh, but tell okay. us who you tell everybody who you are now, man. What's going on? I'm Justin Redrick. Uh in the Bitcoin space, I go by Bitcoin Vegan. Okay, now I, wait a minute. Um, All right, I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> Why Bitcoin vegan? Are you a vegan? Yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. Okay, you are a vegan, okay, and you're into Bitcoin, so you yeah. just put them two together. All right. I didn't know if the vegan had something to do with the Bitcoin space, but that's just, you're a vegan and you're into Bitcoin. All right, go ahead. I say it like this. Um, so I know that happened when I came home from prison, I did three years from 2011, 2014. And so um, I'll say I was, I was home for a year. Then I had gone vegan 
I was boxing at, I boxed at this gym and I was just hearing about eating clean and living healthy. And I was just like, hell, let me go vegan. I'll try. I'll give it a shot. And um, it was this guy, Dr. Sebi, who died, but he was online just helping people, you know, live, you know, the vegan way. Um, and so then that happened in November 15, 2015. And then July, I learned about, I hear about Bitcoin. I buy my first, you know, piece of Satoshis in Bitcoin. And so I'm walking around. I'm like, man, Bitcoin vegan, Bitcoin vegan. I'm like, man, don't nobody have that. So I looked on Google and I typed in Bitcoin vegan. It said zero, like nothing was attached to it. I looked on all the social medias and I was just like, damn, I, I'm the first one in the world with a name. Nice. I said, so I took it. And so then uh, it just it just started sticking around, man. Bitcoin vegan. So on Twitter is Bitcoin underscore vegan. Instagram is Bitcoin vegan. Justin um, LinkedIn is just Justin Redrick. But um, so I'm author of a book from bars to Bitcoin. Um, a, where, where which has people, a documentary as well. Where can people buy that on Amazon? Oh. Can people buy that on Amazon yeah, you can or your website? Amazon. You can go to my website from bars to bitcoin.com. And if you want to buy it on Amazon, there's a link to buy it on Amazon there. And if you want to, you know, buy it from me, then you could do that as well. And I'll go and sign it. And it'll be a little, it'll be a little bit longer if you buy it from the website. Those things take more time. Uh, there's also a doc, my documentary on there, which I'm sure we'll get into. And I'm an entrepreneur, a uh, performance coach. I help people um, think better and make make better decisions in the face of adversity on the job or in life. Just help people live their maximum potential. Um, and the name of my coaching practice is called Overcome All Adversity, LLC. Nice. So I'm a coach, entrepreneur, a dad. And hell, how many kids you I'm got? Someone with a background. I have two. All right, boys, girls, six year old daughter. Yeah, six year old daughter and a two year old little boy. Who's the, who's and the rowdiest? Are... My son. <laughs> <laughs> My son. He, I don't have any. I don't have any. I don't, I don't have any boys, so I don't have anything to compare to. My girls are pretty rowdy, so I'm like. I don't know how much more rowdy you can get than my girls. So I, I'm assuming if I had boys, then they would be rowdier. But when you have a son, because I thought I was gonna have all girls. I wanted all girls. I want like I'm a Kobe fan to the death. So I was like, man, I want all girls, man. But I, I said uh, when when we did the uh, gender reveal and it was a boy, I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. And then he's here and it's like you start seeing how the athleticism and yeah, yeah, yeah. the boy attitude comes out. Then you look, then I look at my daughter, I'm like, damn, you weren't that bad. <laughs> he is he will be everywhere. Like he'll run, he'll jump, he breaks stuff. I mean, he's a boy, so yeah. You know, it's it's just it's just a joy having both of them. But yeah, he's the rowdiest one. I think he would be the rowdiest one even if he was my first child. He's just yeah, he's wow. everywhere. So why Bitcoin? Why Bitcoin? Yeah, why why oh, did you man. get in? So, what did you what did you first think about it? And and how did you get into it? Well, I got into Bitcoin um, several ways. First time I saw anything about Bitcoin was on this movie called Dope on Netflix. And uh they were trying to I think don't quote me, but I think they were trying to pay a drug dealer or something was going on with drugs. And I saw Bitcoin. I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what that is, but it was cool. Um, then I think my granddad, um, he bought a Bitcoin miner. He was like 80 something. And I still didn't know what all it was. So I was just like, what the hell is this thing? And when I came home from prison, I was like, all right, if I don't know nothing about the world, I got to take the clues I'm giving. Yeah. And then run with those clues. So, so good. And my thing coming home was like, I gotta be, I gotta be, I gotta, we gotta be somewhere where you could be a part of something that's life changing. You know, like not just like not change lives, but like globally change. Right. So then, um, one of my friends I played basketball with growing up named Bitcoin Zay. I ran across him at a gas station in 2015. We were ch chatting it up, and he said, man, follow me on Instagram. 
I said, all right. His name was Bitcoin Zay. I said, what the hell? I didn't really pay his page too much attention. But then after a while, I started, I started looking. And then what happened was I got scammed. My mom said, like, yeah, we could put money into this thing and it's going to grow for us and we could cash it out after 30 to 60 days. And I'm green as hell. And I'm just like, man, hell, let's give it a shot. Yeah. You know, I've lost, I said to myself, I lost time in my life. I could lose some money. And so then um, it was sure as shit stink. It was a scam. But then I hit up Zay and I was like, all right. I said, this Bitcoin thing has come around to me too many times. And I said, if they're using it for scams, there has to be something valuable here. Like right. everything that's once was, everything that either is illegal or once was illegal, that has been, you know, has been something of value. Like they're about to legalize marijuana in North Carolina. Whoop they do, right? So um I hit him up and I was like, bro, what is this Bitcoin stuff, man? Like, what what is this? I said, Can I like is it money? Can I change my life? He said, Man, you know, um, he said, you can hold it like gold, you can spend it like money, but it's also decentralized. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like that word stood out the most. He said, Well, it can't be stopped by the government or uh banks. And so I instantly started thinking about in prison in North Carolina, we don't have cash on the yard and we don't have cigarettes neither. So we use our cars for money and everything. But if you don't have any money, you don't have a job, you don't have your family sending you the money, then you got to use stamps. Right. Stamps were the thing in North Carolina. Yep. You got same, stamps. Same, in, stamps same in Texas. Yep. Yeah. So if you got the stamps, you're the king. And so then I was just like, so it's decentralized. And then it just immediately took me to stamps in prison. I'm just like, well, shit. You know, make stamps work. And so then I was like, in my head, I'm like, all right, so if I put Bitcoin in prison outside of the guards taking away a cell phone, they can't really take your Bitcoin. They can take the phone, but they can't take the Bitcoin. And so then I, I, I honestly, afterwards, I started looking it up. I started researching it. I bought some myself. And then I realized, like, there was no ceiling. Like, you know, it was all in line with freedom. Like I could, I could buy it, I could buy it off the street, I could buy it off ATM. I don't have to sign my name. I don't have to have any type of a credit history. I could just buy this thing as who I am right. and participate in, in in finance. So once I knew that, it was all go. It was all go. Like I didn't have enough money to buy a whole Bitcoin then. I didn't really I did care, but why more that what I cared about more was no one in the world was really interested in Bitcoin um, or they knew much about it. And I knew from prison, I knew I knew how to learn everything in prison. I had to learn on the fly and get good. at it. And so then I was like, well, hell, I could learn this, be majorly ahead of people in the world, not just because I'm black, not just because I'm out of prison, because I know Bitcoin. I know about this. I can speak on this. And people, whomever, if you got a college degree or a bachelor's or master's, you still will have to, you know, come to a guy like me yeah. or someone else to learn Bitcoin. So it gave me a major advantage coming home from prison. Um, and that's that's hell. That's how we got here, man. That's one of the ways we got here. So I just saw a lot of opportunity and no one was there. So so you were interested in it, on it. you were interested in it before prison or while you were in. Prison? No, no. I learned about it when I got out of prison. Oh, when you got out. Okay. And you were just trying to, yeah, you, I mean, stamps in prison is kind of stamps is the Bitcoin up prison because it, it was all, <laughs> yeah. it was all, I mean, guards <laughs> outside of them just being able to do a shakedown, a cell shakedown and taking your, taking your stamps, but they never did. I mean, that was your personal property. Mm -hmm. They couldn't take that. But, uh, I, I had an opportunity where, uh, we were all out in the field working the, the fields. And this one inmate kept chopping the squash plants up. And so the officers told us, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, what a, a squash plant yields, multiply it by times, how many times he's this inmate is squat. Cause no one's going to tell on him. Cause they're like, who's squashing mm -hmm. up, who's, who's chopping up our plants. And we're not going to tell on him. So he's like, well, we're going to take it out of your trust fund. And they had access to our trust fund, but they didn't have mm -hmm. access to our stamps. So people right, would, yeah. people would buy stamps. Uh, and at some units, they would only allow you to buy so many stamps per, mm -hmm, per, mm -hmm. per commissary week. Like you could only buy, 
20 stamps per commissary uh, time. So people would just mm-hmm. hang on to them, build, build their stamp stack up because, you know, that was, that was the currency of Texas prisons as well. You know, you gambled mm-hmm. with them, you bought other commissary with them. You, you did everything with them. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, but that was kind of like, I mean, the guards didn't really know the ins and outs of all the stamps. They don't know who's got them all. They don't know where they are. Yeah. And there's, an, uh, and there's an unlimited supply because you can buy as many as you want at, at commissary and just keep stacking them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know all there is to know uh, uh, about Bitcoin and crypto in general, but I do know enough to know that I want to be involved in it some way, somehow. And so we've, we've been yeah. doing that the last few years. And, uh, and so we're, we're excited. We're excited. I'm excited about the crypto future, you know, and, and with all the banks, the way they're, I mean, just the way everything's going right now, man. I mean, you see the banks are closing and crypto's rising, you know? Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Tell us something about crypto, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, do you deal just with Bitcoin or do you, do you, do you advise on, you know, kind of all crypto? So I'm one of those guys who only deals with Bitcoin. Okay. Um, and the reason being like, um, when you look at some of the other coin, like the thing with Bitcoin is there's no face. You know how they say no face, no case. Yep. You can't find Satoshi. And on the technical level, there's no way to backdoor and cheat the system. Other cryptocurrencies is like a company, like a Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese. They just got tokens. And right. they can, the SEC can, you know, knock on them, say, hey, you know, let's shut this down. Uh, or like like with that guy, uh, Sam Bankman free SBF. Yep. He can run an exchange and try to do illegal, illicit stuff, but the blockchain keeps record of everything. So Bitcoin for me gave like a system of truth of where like no one can play anyone out the money, no right. matter if you're a billionaire or you got one dollar. Uh, so that's why I only stick with I only stuck with Bitcoin. But you were asking me like you know were you about to ask me where I see it going? Like what were you about to say? Um. Yeah. Like, where do you see, I mean, do you see crypto? There's a lot of skeptics out there and mm-hmm. I used to be one of them. I used to be yeah. one of them until, until we got one of our inmates out from prison and they came to the house and, and the transitional house and his son was into, into, into Bitcoin. Cause back then it was mm-hmm. just Bitcoin and, and he didn't know anything about it. He was skeptic towards his son, but then all of a sudden, you know, right. he, he, he was gifted a, a, a Bitcoin, a full Bitcoin from his mm-hmm. son to him. And now he's like, now he's like, I got, I got a lot of money. And, yeah. uh, and he said, so I'm not a skeptic anymore, you know? Um, right. but there's so many, and I, and I know some skepticism is, is founded in fear, uh, is founded in uneducation, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 or ignorance, you know, ignorance sounds like a bad word, but ignorance just means you don't know something. Uh, so tell us something that we don't know that we need to know that we don't know about, about Bitcoin or that we should well, know. Let's say it like this. Uh, and I'm, I'm throwing out a guess here. Cause I don't know Well, I know some people listening probably never heard of it, but, um, so when it comes to Bitcoin, man, it's like kind of what I said earlier. Um, they might all look the same, but Bitcoin Bitcoin can run with no human involvement. Um, you don't need anybody to pump the price. You don't need anybody to. You don't need someone to have a say so. So Bitcoin is truly freedom money. Um, like if you look at it, even with uh, Ethereum, they have what's called a DAO hack. And during that hack, some of the developers, they ran back the blockchain. And then they had a split. So the Ethereum you see now is the birth of that split. But the original Ethereum, Ethereum Classic was the first one. You can do those types of things in Bitcoin, but that won't disrupt the Bitcoin protocol. Gotcha. Um, Bitcoin is a community. Bitcoin is a community driven uh, type of coin. So we have a consensus amongst people. You got miners developers and users but no one can overpower the other person for the network to be corrupted um and one of the things i think a lot of times people you know just don't know is you can't shut out the internet and stop bitcoin 
Like there's literally now the only thing Bitcoin would need is a, a signal. And as long as there's an internet signal anywhere within the universe, Bitcoin can run. So most wow. people on TV, they'll a lot of people on TV speak from one lens, and that's a financial lens. It's going up, it's going down, it's crashed, it's this, but um that none of that is true. And there's an amazing opportunity for individuals. Matter of fact, in your state, in Texas, there's a major, me and a few other people, uh, we're working together to create opportunities for individuals to come out of penitentiary and work on Bitcoin mining farms within that, within that space. And here's the, here's the thing. Uh, some people, a lot of people have told me that, you know, if, if uh, a man or a woman nowadays, if you have a, a welding certification or you're a certified electrician electricity you can bypass a lot of people and work for some of these mining companies um i was at a conference recently and they said we're looking for workers we're looking for workers and i'm like well shit i know about six hundred thousand type of people that come home every year that need jobs and i'm already uh working to you know we named the brother earlier cardell to do my portion of from bars of Bitcoin within his within his uh his movement. Yeah. And so I said up there, hey, you know, have you guys thought about hiring individuals, you know, from from prison? And they was like, no. And I told him my initiative. I'm like, well, you know, let's set up some time to to talk about that to see what that can look like. So um not only is it money there, but there's 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 going to be employment opportunity in a space that's kind of brand new that gives you a leg up in society so wow. i don't know if that was too much but no that's, that's perfect man that's, that's, that's perfect <laughs> yeah okay and that's another thing man i mean bitcoin the mining of it and everything else doesn't you know discriminate does it doesn't do a mm -hmm. background check you know and say wait wait a minute you're disqualified from owning bitcoin mining bitcoin because you you know you're a felon you know and uh and so that, that that's what i like about it but there's a lot of things that you can't do with our current dollar uh financial system um with a background you know and so right i mean when i first bought my first home they 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 ran a background check on me and i don't even know why you know and so i, I don't know why it shouldn't stop me from, yeah. from from getting a from buying a home but uh you know background background our background so many people look at it the wrong way you know um mm -hmm we use background checks to expose negativity in someone's past to disqualify them from a future position. That's what we currently use background checks for criminal background checks, credit background checks. We're looking for something we're digging, we're mining for something negative so that we can disqualify them from the position they're applying for, from the loan they're applying for, for whatever. And, and, and that's why we started background check podcast. Cause we want to take what is, is meant as a, to be a negative, and we want to, yes, acknowledge the negative, but say this doesn't identify or define us. Um, right. It's going to propel us into our future. We're going to we're going to leverage our background so that we can help others have a better right. future. In fact, our motto at Background Check is your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back because the thief steals from us. The, uh, the background, our background stole a lot of things from us. It stole relationships. It stole money, jobs. It stole, it stole a lot of stuff, it stole time from us. And so mm -hmm. the main thing we want from thieves is restitution. We want you to pay back. And so the background, right. our background has, was a big time thief of, of everything in our life. It stole our family's joy. It stole time. It stole everything. And so instead of just, instead of just always being negative, I'm going to make my background pay me back. So every time I tell my story to one person or a thousand people in prison or at a retreat or wherever, uh, it's paying me back. Every time you sell a book, your background is paying you back. Every time you speak somewhere, our background is paying you back. And so I try to tell people, look, don't let your background hold you back. And anybody who disqualifies you from a job, from anything based on your background, uh, they are just, they're dealing on the surface and superficial. They're not taking time to look at your story, you know, and, uh, they're not taking time to look at your present, your present, your current 
what you're doing in life. You know, they're only looking at something negative, looking for something negative. Go, ah, I found it. I found it. No matter who's running for president, no matter who, you go back to every president, no matter who's running, no matter how great of a person they are, we're going to find something. Their people paid a lot of money to go dig deep into their backgrounds to not, mm-hmm. to not find something positive. They're not looking for the good things. They're find, finding yeah. something negative about it. And that's why we did background check. Cause we want to be able to, yes, not hide the negative, but say, look, this negative, I'm going to turn into a positive, you know? And, uh, and all so, right. so, all right, well, it, it wasn't all this great, you know, it wasn't all this, uh, documentary and Bitcoin and all this, you know, <laughs> something yeah. life led you, led you here, led you to prison. So let's talk about just a little bit about, you know, how it all started. What was life like growing up as a kid? You know, uh, I love the way you, you talk about, you know, you highlight your mom and your, in, in the documentary, uh, talk about your upbringing, talk about what led you to, you know, what eventually led you to prison. So, I mean, my upbringing was, um, for like the first few years of my life, it was me and my mom and, um, you know, life was a, life was a bit of a struggle. You know, I'm not, it wasn't the, the roughest of all, like, you know, other people's are, but it was what it was for me. And um, I remember my dad moving in when I was like seven years old and he stayed with me to about 13. We moved to a better house, a much better place. And, uh, you know, life was going well. But until like, you know, him and my mom separated, they never got a divorce. They just separated. Okay. Which, you know, looking back now, I, I, I respect my dad a lot for it. Um, he was very old. My dad was my dad passed away with like 80 something. He's like 60 years older than me when I was born. But um, he stayed with my mom and you know, he, she was able to receive his uh, his uh, veterans benefits. So I, I looked at him like a lot differently after we passed. But, yeah. um, you know, they broke up and I started noticing like recently my life started just kind of slowly spiraling around then but at 16 years old we lost our house um it was like 2000 early 2006 7 and i felt like that was an early sign of the um you know housing market crash at that time and so i was bouncing around charlotte living with an aunt living with a friend living with my granddad finally and I just wasn't steady. Like, I wasn't able to play ball. I wasn't able to to go for a state title like I was training the whole year. And that was a little – that was demotivating. So then I had gone to um, transfer to a different school trying to play ball. It didn't work out. I uh, got there too late. And so then I just started hanging out. I went to a school called West Charlotte. And West Charlotte is notoriously probably one of the, the number one black schools in the city. And that comes with the good and the bad. A lot of times, like you said, the negative is highlighted. But then I was just living, um, you know, hanging out with guys I knew the whole time living in Charlotte, you know, people I caught up with. And so we were hanging out a lot, like going to parties. Like we partied every weekend. Like we were in college. We were still in high school. My mom would go out of town. And I mean, when I say party, like there was weed. I had this one homeboy, his brother would buy me like bottles of liquor. We're talking about like great goose bottles of liquor or, or like real, real, like, like people are just like, yo, how the hell are you getting this liquor? Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, shit, it's just having fun. But you know, you look back at it, like, yo, how the hell is this 16, 17 year old kid getting this shit? And I'm just thinking this is life. And so then one day uh, we go out, and we're at this party, and one of my friends gets killed. He gets shot. And we were there with him. I stayed in the, me and a few others, we stayed in the room with him until the paramedics came. And, like, we were trying to be positive, but I could see, like, you know, life leaving his body. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. And then, like, at first he was fighting for life, and then, like, it just, like, he was just looking through me. I was like, oh, bro, might be gone. And so then um, he died. And then after that, like, my whole life was flipped. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing really seemed to matter. Um, I've always had visions of him being dead or, 
like have bad dreams about it. Like sometimes I would look at my hands and I think I have blood on them. So it was just it was a lot of traumatic stuff going on. Yeah. And I still had gone to school from North Carolina A&T for about a year and a half. But I wasn't really in school like your traditional kids out of high school. I'm just there not to be at home. I'm doing a lot of smoking, partying, selling weed. And then this guy get up the street. He gets killed. Um, like there was a lot of, lot of crazy stuff going on at A&T back in 2007 and 2009. So, um, you know, I decided to drop out. And I dropped out when uh, I was in class high as hell. And the professor was like, you know, y'all might not find no jobs in your field. I'm like, so what are we doing here? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bro, this shit sounds like a scam. Why are we here? So then I'm I'm 19. I drop out of school. I go back home and I'm hanging out with folks from my neighborhood, finding, thinking of different ways to get money, um, selling weed, uh, doing damn near anything. Yeah. And so then one time, my uh, a few people I know, they're like, "Hey, you know, there's this guy. We can go rob him." And I mean. Just at this point in time, I, I I really look back like I really live like like I didn't care about nothing. Yeah. Like whatever it was meant to be about, I was open for it to be about. If it meant for us to be violent, we could be violent. There were times that I look back on it now. And I look back on it now, you know, like I'm blessed not to have done those things, but I could have possibly killed two people. And I felt like I would have been justified behind it because it would have been for the safety of my friends. Like after watching my friend Travis die, I wasn't about watching no more homeboys get killed. Yeah. So, um, so, but I mean, like I was really down for whatever and for whatever the consequence meant to be. And so we ended up, um, going to this house. This guy was a scammer and, uh, they said it was going to be some money there. And all right. So we go in there, go in the house. It's late at night. And like he don't know what's going on. We had a homeboy in there who was acting like he didn't know what's going on. We um, you know, we duct taped him up, ran through his house trying to find out what was there. When no money there. And I'm talking about we ran through it and I'm just looking at them people like, yo, I'm leaving. Like something clicked, like, you know, bro, leave. Like, even if you gotta run home, fucking leave. So I left. And those other two people, they got caught that night. Uh, that was happening in April. And so then in June, um, I'm on, so I just subconsciously go on the run across the state or in different parts of, uh, in different parts of the state and in Atlanta. And then I finally get picked up. They arrest me. Uh, they came to my house early in the morning the police pointed guns at me and don't move, don't move. I'm like, shit, I didn't even blink. Fuck that. So um, they took me out and the process of going to prison started. You know, I saw what they had and, you know, how people who were there, they were all pointing to me. And so, hell, like it, it bought us up. Um and the judge sentenced me to three to five years for it. Mm. And so, shit, I served my time, man, and, you know, came out a 100% different person than when I went in. And one thing I did say to myself in prison was just like, shit. Only other thing from here is death, bro. So, shit, there is nothing <laughs> nowhere else to go but up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So hell, how you gonna go up? Like you know, you, how you gonna go up? How, what's your what's gonna be your comeback? How you gonna come up? I know that was a bit quick, but you know, no, anything, that's good. Anything yeah, that's you good. Add, so it, it, what, when you're in prison, it's funny because uh, whenever I was in prison for a few months and I got into a fight, got locked up in uh, administrative segregation, which is basically the whole solitary confinement. And after that first day in there, it was just almost like. That's what God was saying to me. He was saying, you know, you, the only place you can go further than this on this earth is in be, being in the same size cell, the six by nine cell waiting to die on death row. He said, there's only one, one step 
further that you can go and that's death row. And so I, I understand, you know, that concept. And so, you know, that was, that was my rock bottom. You know, uh, we all have a choice. We all have a choice to choose our rock bottom. You know, we make, we make decisions to be around people, go places and do things that can either reward us or mm -hmm. give us consequences. And, you know, sometimes those consequences end us up in prison, but, um, you know, at, at some point we're still one decision away from going forwards or going backwards. We're one decision away from pulling ourselves up of rock bottom or letting ourselves stay there and dig a deeper hole. Uh, I tell everybody, man, any, any, any time you want, that could be your rock bottom. My sister has a different rock bottom than me. She can get a speeding ticket and, 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 you know, be, and, and that's her rock bottom. She's like, I ain't never going to, you know, this ain't never happened again. Mm -hmm. My rock yeah. bottom was a little different, you know? And so, uh, but I tell everybody, man, you can, you can decide not to go, not to spiral any more downward anytime you want, you know? And so, because it, you can always go further because you can die. <laughs> you can always yeah. go further. If you're alive and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about your decisions and consequences and where you're at, just know you, it can get worse from there because you could be dead. And so if you're even thinking about and contemplating ways to make yourself better, then that's, that's the best decision you've made in a while, you know? And so what are some things that you did in prison, uh, you know, that made you come up from there? Uh, so my very first prison when I was at a youth spread, I didn't really do much there, but just chill. Um, I went to this one prison called Craggy Correctional in Asheville, North Carolina. And I was so damn defiant. I didn't do, I told the man, I'm not doing no road squad. I'm not here to do no damn work. I'm not doing shit. They sent me to the hole and they sent me to another prison. And so I was at Mountain View. Um, and then Mountain View, you know, the first probably, what, eight months, people were like, man, you can't sleep the time away. I'm like, shit, watch me. <laughs> so I, I, used to, I used to wake up around like 12 every day. I would go to bed early. I treated it like Christmas. Like, man, the, long, the sooner I go to sleep and the longer I stay asleep, the more, most of this day would be over with. But then... um. You know, I started playing basketball to help the time go by. I started working out. And then um, this guy approached me about learning about the Moore Science Temple in, in, uh, in prison. And so then I started just reading different religious material. And then I started taking myself a bit more serious. Started, um, I started really coming to grips with responsibility. You know, that everything is your responsibility, that I'm here based off my responsibility. Like you said, that downward spiral change. Um, me changing will be based off my responsibility. Everything I did in my life led me to this, the thoughts I was thinking, the things I wasn't thinking. So, you know, I just started um, really getting into, like, just the, the more Science Temple. I would read that Circle 7. I was still... Um, and I watched how I communicated with people. I treated people. I started, you know, wanting to treat people better, no matter who they were. Because in prison, like you gotta, in prison, we ha you are demanded to coexist with people better than people are allowed to in the real world. You know, you got you got guys who are, you know, they could be, you know, the Aryan Nation, KKK, Bloods, Crips. You got. You know, Mexicans, the Hondurians, El Salvadorians, you got Muslims, Christians, Hindus, you got straight people, you got homosexuals. And so, like, you got to be able to, um, you know, hold yourself, treat everybody with respect while respecting yourself. That helped me out a lot. Um, and just started walking my own walk. You know, I was, at, I was in Mountain View for several months for like a year and some change. And then I had gone to this one prison called Caledonia. They call it like Camp 8 off of life. Now, Caledonia was like, Caledonia had to be probably the most inhumane prison I've ever been to. Um, like, they didn't even have cameras. They had the old school bars. Wow. Like, in the wintertime, the wintertime, the, 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 the hot water had gone out. And it's like, it's a one-level prison. So, you can walk, when you walk out, 
into the walkway. You can walk directly into the yard. And so they would leave the yard door open in the winter and that cold air would come in. So we got to take shower, a cold ass shower with the cold air. And some geniuses in there would leave the window open. And then uh, so everybody in there getting sick at the same time during the summer. Like you could see the devil sweating in the cell. And like it was it was bad. Like we had roaches. We I had to tape all my toothbrushes in, in plastic. It was terrible. But mm-hmm. um, wow. it was at that prison. It was at that prison I started learning how to box. There's this guy by the name of Magnetic. And he would train guys. He had like a little stable in prison. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to work. You know, I'm trying to, you know, work out. And so then boxing became that thing I would do. I remember going out there and we have like the pole with the pad and it would be nothing but a gardening hose gloves. And I'd be hitting it, throwing the jab, throwing the jab. And I didn't really notice it then, but I was beating my, I was, you know, doing my time and getting all that out through boxing. Like, I mean, I didn't, and I didn't really care about the pain I took on the way neither. Like I couldn't write a letter for weeks uh, sometimes because my hand was, was swollen. Wow. Um, I mean, I would put myself through the hell of it because I'm just like, yo, like we're going to do it again tomorrow, man. So, um, the things I did inside prison was a lot about um, developing self-responsibility, developing discipline, and, um, you know, more importantly, just knowing that, that like, um, it's going to be all on you. You know what I mean? No matter right. what, it's going to be all on you. Right. So those what, were my... Um, what, what was it like for your mom while you were doing time? So I know my mom was going through hell. Um, I would see pictures of her. Her smile wouldn't look the same. Like if she's with the family, she was like supremely stressed. But she would come to visit me and she would be smiling. But I could see it like, you know, it's kind of, you know, tearing her apart. Um. You know, you might think you're doing the time by yourself, but, you know, there are people out there doing that time with you. Like, oh, Jay's like, you know, when everything's going good, you know, then you might think like, damn, you know, my son out here. Yeah. You know, or like, you know, so it was hard for her. I know, well, I don't know all of everything. I, I know, you know, she shared, she shared on a documentary, but, you know, it was hard for her. And, uh, I could tell that I let her down. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes she would feel like, where did I go wrong or what did I do wrong? And so I would tell my mom, like, you know, you ain't do nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I've had that. I made this bed to lay in it, but, you know, to a parent, that don't mean shit. You know? No, so, no, they're, they're going to always, yeah, they're going to always wonder if they could have done something different, what they did wrong. And I've, I mean, I've had to tell my mom time and time and time. I've been out 17 years now. Uh, April 18th will be 17 years. And, um, and so I I still sometimes remind her, look, you know, my decisions were mine. You know, you and dad did not do things wrong. You didn't raise us wrong. And, um, you know, and I have to remind parents all the time of people, parents that come to me and, and ask me, for advice about their loved one, their, their grown child that's in prison and, and they feel the weight, you know, and it's, a lot of time, I don't know, you may not have been this way, but I know when I was going through my, my wild and party days and I was, and I needed money and I would say, mom, can you give me some money? Dad, can you give me some money? Or can you bail me out of jail? And anytime they said no, then I went into this. What kind of parent are you? who would say no to giving your, your son, you know, bailing him out of jail, helping him out with some gas money. And I think a lot of times, man, we, we do that so much either intentional or unintentional and, and maybe, and I'm wondering if that's the reason they get it in their mind so much that some of it's their fault. Well, maybe I should have bailed him out of jail that one last time. Maybe I should have given him that, Mm -hmm. that, that $20 for gas, you know, uh, course that won't buy much gas nowadays but twenty dollars twenty dollars <laughs> back then would fill up a tank you know uh you yes, know and so probably twice yes but you know um i i, I always wondered I'm like 
did I put that pressure on them to make them feel like they did something wrong? Because, you know, my niece does it to my sister now, you know, what kind of mom are you that does this? And, you know, and, and we do that. And so I don't know if you did that too, but we, I know I did. And I, and I, and that's why I always apologize to my mom. Cause I know I might've put some of that on them. I mean, I was in jail, you're not going to, and I'm on the phone with in jail. I just called them collect. They paid for the phone call. And then, and I get mad yeah. at them when they say they're not going to bail me out. And I just say, you know, and I hang up on them. What is that, yeah. man? What is that? You know, but, um, yeah. yeah, you know, what, what's something that in your past, man, if there's any, I mean, I always, when I get asked this question, I go on other shows and I get asked this question. Is there, is there anything I could change? If I, if I could go back and change something, you know, or if I had to do it all over again, knowing the knowledge that I have now, you know, how would I, would I do things differently? You know, is there something I would do differently? Um, uh, you know, so looking back at everything, is there, is there, is there something you would change about your past? Cause you're in a good position now, you know? And so right. if, if, if there's something you could change, but still end up where you are now in a great position, uh, what would that be? Well, I think I would have bought Bitcoin in 2008. <laughs> Come on, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh <laughs> uh, shit, I was about a lot of that, but uh, I mean that's a real answer too. But I mean, honestly, I think um, I think I, I I would have to do it all the same. Yeah, um, because like now there's a scenario where you can help other people like my, my pain, my story could be a gem to someone else and we can get them to a bet. We can get them to the other side quicker yep. than on their own. Like we can, That's affect, so good. you know, we can, we can bring, we can affect an entire nation of people. Hell. And within doing that, we can also save the country a bit, yes. you yeah. know, um, all the money it costs to house inmates and, you know, from tax dollars and, you know, bring about relief to families. And so, um, uh, like now, now, you know, where, where I am now, I wouldn't do nothing different. Yeah. Except buy Bitcoin in 2008 in college <laughs> with some refund checks and shit. You know, it's because, yes, listen, then, yes, then we can yes. help more people. Yes. We can, we can still help more people. That's right. Know? But, uh, really, like, it's, it's that's to where the point is. I don't, because people ask me that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have to be honest. Who would Justin be had if he didn't go to prison? Who would I be if I graduated college in four years? Who would I be if everything was perfect? You right. know what I mean? Like right. who would I be? Yep. You know, so I don't I, I look back, sometimes I answer it. Like, sometimes sometimes I answer it and I say, I wish I I wish I just didn't hurt as many people as I hurt, you know. Uh, but even, but even then now, some of the people that I hurt now I've reconciled with and, and the amount of people they help because of the hurt that I caused them. I'm like, why would I want to take that away? Because, because my mom helps so many other moms now through the hurt that they're feeling because of the hurt that I put through her through, you know? And so I'm like, mm -hmm. if, if I didn't hurt, if I didn't go through all this and there wasn't hurt there then my mom also wouldn't know how to help these other ladies and help these other moms. And cause I mean, now when, when I'm talking to moms, I can only tell them so much, but then sometimes I'm like, Hey, can I let you talk to my mom? Because she knows what you're going through more than I know. I know what I put my mom through, but I didn't feel, right. I don't feel what my mom went through. I said, my mom felt it. So I let this mom know, Hey, my mom said she's available to you to talk to you and help you through this hurt that you're feeling. And had I not gone through any of that and put, put stress on my family and put them through the hurt, my, my family wouldn't know how to help others that they get to help. Now. Right. So I like, yeah, I like, like that's I, the, that's... No, I like go ahead, it. go ahead. My bad. No, I was going to say, I like the way you answered it because somebody's always, you know, most people are like, Oh, I would change this. And I would change that. And I would change this. And the only thing you would change is the actual, you know, purchase of Bitcoin. You wouldn't change anything else. 
And so that means that you would still end up in prison and all this other stuff. And, you know, but here you are, you know, if you didn't go to prison, you wouldn't be able to write a book from bars to Bitcoin, you know? And, uh, and, and so you're, you're going to, we, we do, we can look back and, and, um, and say, man, you know, I wish, I wish I hadn't hurt that many people. Um, there are people that are still out there today, strung out on drugs and alcohol because I was the first one to introduce it to them. And I wish I could take back some of that. You know, I wish I could take back some of that. I wish I could find, help them find their freedom. Like I found my freedom, you know, and, uh, but we all have a journey and, uh, and, and hopefully I can live my life in a way that they see my life now and go, okay, he admits he was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Now let me find this freedom that J Dan's found. And, uh, and so, Hey, listen, uh, all right. So, that's so, so I, 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 uh, I already told you earlier how many tablets uh, this podcast is available on in prisons and jails all across the nation. And we're thankful for our platform. Um, but just it, here in the end, speak to those people that are, that are behind bars, jails, prisons, uh, give them hope, give them a message about, you know, that they can, they can do Bitcoin too. I mean, uh, you know, um, give them hope, man. Just speak directly to those people. Uh, so, you know, what's going on? I know you're on the yard right now and, uh, you might, you, there's, uh, there's, uh, shit, you might believe different. You might believe the same as me. Um, but the most important thing is that when you come home, you know that there's, you know, a safe place for you to go. Um, and, you know, if you are, if you don't know what to do, you know, um, if you're a man, don't immediately chase all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> Come <laughs> <was> on. My... <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I know they're going to be there. And, say that, you know, say that for woman... the, say that for the people in the back, <laughs> the back of the direct yard. <laughs> they may not be able to hear it. Say that one more time. Don't chase all the damn girls. Don't chase them all. And, and don't get, I mean, this is going to be hard as hell. And women, you know, I'm, I've never been a woman coming home from prison, but, you know, don't chase them all. You know what I'm saying? But really, um, you know, be different. You know, look and do different. I remember a guy by the name of Carlos Artriel. He was the grand sheik of Mountain View. He said, you know, we have enough barbers. We have enough T-shirt makers. We have enough truck drivers. Nothing against any of those people. And if that's what you want to do, that's cool too. But there's an opportunity in the world. Like you're coming home at a great time because our world is in a, in a major shift. And I'm I'm in a I'm in a fintech mode space. So I'm gonna share it with you. Of course, there's Bitcoin out there, but there's a lot of also what they call disruptive technology. Yeah. Meaning that it has not been established. And so when I came home, Bitcoin was that disruptive technology. And why I say that is because when you're in something disruptive, when you're in something that's early to the world, there's no one to create these boundaries that you can't be there. Go chase something disruptive. Go be disruptive. Because then you can set the tone of that industry the same way I have in Bitcoin. Now people can't just sit here and say, oh, well, you have a record. Oh, this. No, they're going to say, oh, wow, you know about AI or you know about 3D printing. You know about, um, you know, about AR, uh, um, you know, virtual realities. You know about exponential realities. Take your mind outside the box. So good. To be in prison, you, which means, you know, we've done a lot of that MacGyver shit. I've, I've used, I've, charge cell phones in prisons with batteries and Brillo pads, all that ingenuity you have, take that and put it somewhere that probably won't be out to the world for another five to 10 years. So good. So that way you can get ahead. You know, this is about getting ahead. Now you have all the knowledge you have your brain. We work out our brains in prison. We might not know what we're doing. We might not know what we're going to do, but just think about someone who goes to the gym. They might not be an athlete at all but you can put them somewhere and they can start, they can start being better because you are training yourself to be better. Train yourself for the world, you know, put, put yourself out there differently. Don't be afraid. And, um, 
you know, take those those same chances you took to get to prison. Take those same chances in a different lane. And do not be afraid of the no. Everything is feedback. You know, everything is feedback. It, it, don't take none of this shit personal when you come home. Don't take none of it personal. It's all feedback. Use that feedback. Uh, like Jay said, get around good people. Get around great people. You know, and um, fight for it. You know, go earn that shit. Don't, there will be no handouts. Go earn that shit. There's nothing wrong with fighting for it. Go earn that. I tell myself to that. I tell that to myself every day. If I want to make $100,000 a month, if I want to make $10,000 a month, you got to go earn that shit. Yeah. You will have to earn it. You know, you will have to earn it. But don't be afraid to go fight for your life. So good. So good. All right. Remind everybody real quick of how they can get your book and uh all the websites that you have we're going to put all that on the show notes anyway but just uh okay. just give it um sometimes in, in, on the on the tablets and inmates they they don't have they're not they can't click on those links and all that so just uh sometimes it's better if we spell it out for them so g- give us both okay. of your websites tell us how we can uh, get your book as well and um and then we'll go from there um so you can go to from bars to big Bitcoin, F-O, I mean, F-R-O-M-B-A-R-S-T-O-B-I-T-C-O-N. From Bars to Bitcoin, there you can purchase my book either by Amazon or just off the site. Um, you can check out my other website, Bitcoin Vegan. There's not much up there. We have to update that. And I have my coaching brand, OAA.coach. And um, you can sign up for any of those. Uh, where you see a pop-up, just sign up your email if you're able to. And uh, if you're on LinkedIn, just follow me as Justin Redrick, J-U-S-T-I-N-R-H-E-D-R-I-C-K. Okay, real quick. Now, if we buy the book, what can we expect to learn uh, about Bitcoin in the book? So, uh, so in the book, what you can learn about Bitcoin is um, you can learn you know, a little bit about what it is. Let me, before I say this, this isn't a, a big Bitcoin book. Okay. It takes, it shares my life from, you know, what we talked about here coming up in the Bitcoin. Okay. So Bitcoin is where so, I got to. So it tells, I, your, tells you know, your you story. So it tells your story, uh, kind of what we've already yes, uh, talked about on the show. It tells your story. Uh, and, and then, and then just how you got into Bitcoin. It's not necessarily a, uh, masterclass on Bitcoin, but you do have something, right. you do have something yeah. that you do offer in your coaching. If people yeah. want to get into Bitcoin. Okay. Yes. Perfect. So if, if, um, if you want to get into Bitcoin and you're thinking about that, um, you can go to, you can email me Justin at Bitcoin and say, Hey, you know, I heard you on background check podcast. I want to check out your course. Uh, we can discuss that. I do have that. And in the book, I still give out some gems, um, you know, who, you know, what the technology is, you know, different terms that's out there. Like, even if you read just the Bitcoin chapter, you'll learn 10 more times than you would just scrolling on YouTube. But okay. um, awesome. if you're interested in learning more, you can just hit me up or you can reach out to Jay and he'll probably reach out to me. But email me, Justin at BitcoinVegan.com. And, you know, hey, I'm interested in learning more about Bitcoin or checking out your course. And everybody that does that, I'll offer you a discount for listening to the whole podcast. Because you right. can only hear it at the end. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, now, outside of yourself, I'm sure you have people that you follow uh, to to mm-hmm. keep up with things, all bit uh, all things Bitcoin. Are there other little tips and tricks that you can give people say, Hey, you know, uh, this is a, the type of person I follow on social media. They seem to know a lot about, uh, the crypto, uh, currency industry. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a TV show I watch. This is another book I read. This is, you know, whatever outside of mm-hmm. yourself, you know, are, are there others that, you know, maybe you can just, you know, suggest. Yeah. So, um, there's an organization I'm a part of called black Bitcoin billionaires. You can follow them on Twitter. Uh, last year, you know, I was invited to teach at the Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey um, Academy in Brooklyn. Um, so those are great people to follow. You can follow Lamar Wilson. He's one of the co-founders of the book group. He was on he was on the Breakfast Club. Um, I have a friend on there named Bitcoin Zay. You can follow him. And 
there's this other, this other guy by the name of Dadu. Um, he has a podcast called the Bitcoin Source. Okay. And um, those are the those are the the quick hitters right now that I can think of. And my I have one guy. His name is um, Miller L. The name of his platform is called Murex M U R E X Bitcoin Solutions. Okay. Uh, all of those people are very uh, credible people. Those are folks that I've worked with, learned from, listened to, you know, been cussed out by all everything you can think about. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a good network of people that'll hold you accountable, that'll help you, um, help you with anything Bitcoin and um, you know, keep you on a uh, on a good honest path. And I don't yeah. I don't you know, I don't I, there's not a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there that aren't on the honest path. So. Right. Well, one of the one of one of the things that you can judge how how powerful something is is if there's a lot of evil people trying to make it into something bad. You know, like they're trying to mimic they're they're doing bad. If it wasn't so powerful and so amazing, the scammers and the bad people wouldn't be trying to mimic it and trying to scam right. people on it. So so that's that's uh that's just like the whole FTX thing, you know. I mean we know how powerful <laughs> we know how powerful cryptocurrency is because that that whole debacle worked <laughs> so well for so many people and so many people lost money. So if cryptocurrency wasn't wasn't that great, there wouldn't have been that much of a loss from that whole thing. And that half whole thing, a trillion dollars, half a trillion dollars. So crazy, so half crazy, bro. Dollars. I mean, man, I thank God that I'm just in my little space, you know? <laughs> so, hey, uh, let me ask you this. And uh, uh, what do you recommend? Uh, how do you recommend just like a, I mean, I, I, I buy my crypto through Coinbase. Is that something? Mm-hmm. Is that something you recommend? Do you have your own platform that you might recommend people that are just getting started that want to buy it on a small scale? You know, do you have a platform that you recommend? Well, I mean, Coinbase is all right. Um, and I just do Coinbase because when I got into it, I just that's the first thing I yeah. Google. That was, that was the first one. Of the first ways I bought Bitcoin too was Coinbase. Uh, so you got Cash App. Uh, Cash App has that option as well. Is that a good um, one though? Is Cash App a good option to buy? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's simple, easy, quick, boom. Um, something a little bit next level is they have Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, you can scan your your driver's license and you know put your cash in and get Bitcoin. You want to take another level? You can go to what we have. What's called Bitcoin meetups. Um, there's a huge, there's a huge Bitcoin meetup in Austin, uh, Austin Bitcoin. And there, you know, you might be able to find people who can do peer to peer. You can, um, you know, trade some cash for Bitcoin. So those are like pretty much the levels. Like you said, you got Coinbase, you can do cash out, you could do a Bitcoin ATM. And that's really a Google search of Bitcoin ATM nearest me. Uh, or you can go to a meetup and if you really want to get to a next level, which I don't think we have time for, you could download a software called BISQ, B-I-S-Q, and that will, it'll take you, uh, some steps, but you can buy, you know, Bitcoin more peer to peer. Now, when you buy Bitcoin in the street, it's not going to be the same price as it's showing. So if someone is saying $28,000 for Bitcoin, uh, for instance, like, Back in the day, if someone would say, hey, Justin, now this is before the federal government made this illegal to do, but they'll say, hey, Justin, I want to buy $100 with Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, give me $120. i will go to a Bitcoin ATM. I'm really just charging them gas gas to get there. i buy the Bitcoin, send it to them. Um, so, you know, people can add their own interest. They can add their own Markup. you know stuff yep. around it. But pretty much it's, it's all of those things right there. All right, cool. Well, man, you have been very uh, informative and inspirational and motivational. Uh, I'm glad I got connected to you through Cardell and Aaron. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll be, I'll be headed to the two women's unit in Florida. Uh, I got to schedule mine. I got to schedule mine mainly around when my family's uh, busy doing other things. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I already go into prisons a lot here in Texas 
And so I'm already taking myself away from my family a lot uh, during those times. So now that I'm going to be doing this, uh, you know, my family's going to be doing my, my, my wife and kids will be doing something else. So then that's when I'm going to go to the uh, Florida, the Florida trip. So I, I'm going to try to catch California and Arizona as well. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll see you on one of them. I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're gonna be there. I'm gonna be there, man. We can connect, uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing that and uh, giving us the opportunity to kind of tag along because I don't get a chance to go into too many federal prisons either. Or I have been to Idaho prisons and I've been to Missouri prisons to share and record inmate interviews. Um, we've got a few inmate interviews that they've let me, in, you know, interview their inmates and on the podcast as well. So that's kind of cool. Um, so anyway, yeah. we just we just love having fun, bro. Uh, but thank you. You have been an awesome guest and we appreciate you. And, uh, and, and thank you for letting us do a background check on you. You passed. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. We're going to be in touch, man. Yes, My phone's sir. about to die probably. All so. right, man. All right. Sorry about the abrupt ending there. I tried to go back and listen to the zoom recording, but I don't know what happened, but why it cut off. Maybe his phone call. I have no idea. Uh, what a great interview. Thank you for tuning in today. And um, if you want to know more, like you said, just email him at that email address and uh, you can go back and listen to it <laughs> um, and mention the podcast. And I don't, I don't know what he's going to give you, but it sounds like he's going to give you a discount or something. So uh, thanks again, Justin. Uh, very inspirational, very informative. Go buy the book, check out his website, check out his courses and invest Cryptocurrency is here to stay. Bitcoin is the original, and um, it's we have some, so and you know, we buy other crypto as well. So thanks again for listening. Let's lift up Justin in prayer. Father, thank you for Justin Redrick, Lord. Thank you for your work in his life. Thank you for uh, showing him who you are. Thank you for inviting him and drawing him to you, God. I pray over his life right now. I pray over his business. I pray over his family. I speak life into, into him and his family and businesses, Lord. And I pray a hedge of protection around them. I pray that you uh, reveal yourself to, to him and his family in, 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 a, in an awe-inspiring way. Lord, I thank you for him and his work in our space in the industry. And uh, just continue to open doors for him. In Jesus' name, we also lift up the listener listening to this lord we thank you for them we thank you for the inmates all over the nation we thank you for uh, everyone listening outside of prison those who used to be in prison are now outside listening lord we thank you for them lord we thank you for healing you're jehovah rapha and we just ask you lord i feel like someone is having some shoulder pain right now and we just ask you to touch them right now touch them i don't know if it's a rotator cuff or ac joint whatever it is but lord just touch their shoulder right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, give people breakthrough where they need breakthrough. Give people creative solutions and strategies where they need it. Kingdom of heaven come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all have a great weekend, and um, we'll see you on Monday. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.